ripping them five-star tellies and two mic rhymes. Speed up average MCs at the times. Unlike them, we grab gems. So systematically inclined to pin lines. Hey, what's up, everyone? Good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you are. Welcome to another podcast episode of The Daily Mind. It is I, your host, back once again for another half hour of whatever is pretty much on my mind. Uh, how's everyone's day going uh, into the evening? Hopefully your day went pretty well. I know where I'm at right now. It's raining for once, and behind it's going to get pretty cool outside, uh, getting a little taste of fall finally. Uh, today I just ran some errands a little bit, went to the gym, tried to get my steps in today because, you know, every day I'm making it a mandatory 10,000 step type of day. Uh, nice way to get myself on my feet and moving around and stuff like that. So, yeah, other than that, it was pretty quiet today. My wife's at work just waiting for her to get home and, you know, same old, same old, the usual, usual. All right, so um, today's October 5th. Now, for me, that's pretty much kind of an important date, I guess you could say, uh, uh, today, I believe, would have been my mother's 55th birthday, if I'm doing the math correctly. Um, yeah, today, it would have been her 55th birthday today. She passed away a long time ago when I was younger, and, uh, yeah. So, you know, shout out to, happy birthday, pretty much, to my mom in heaven, as usual, I say, every single year. And that's kind of what inspired today's episode. Uh, you see, uh, just a few days ago, I did an episode on Best TV Dads. Now I'm going to do one on TV Moms, also inspired by uh, Roseanne. So every morning I watch Roseanne. Um, I don't know. I just love the show. I, I see it. You know, it's on TV. I see it on my guide. Click it. Boom. It's a pretty funny show. And it, it's definitely, um, I, I think it's probably perhaps one of the most important shows of the 90s. And, you know, I sit there and I was looking at her parenting style and how she deal with her kids, her mom, her husband and stuff you know she's a comedian outright but she can also be pretty dramatic in the show as well so i sat there and i was like you know what she's definitely one of the top 90s mothers um of of television and just perhaps of all time so i was like okay uh being you know my mom's birthday and you know stuff like that i'm going to make it an episode so i was like okay boom i already did one on top tv dads right i'm gonna do one on tv moms you know, sometimes I feel like the mothers don't get as much recognition as top TV dads. The only time I think mothers or TV moms get recognition is when around the time Mother's Day come around. But, like, there's always a time for Father's Day, um, top TV dads. And, of course, all throughout the years, I mean, throughout the months, I'm sorry, um, they have uh, top TV dads. Because you never really hear people say, like, oh, man, my favorite TV mom of all time. Somebody's always quick to say who are their favorite TV dads. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Like, ask about three, four people who's their top TV dads, and they'll answer pretty quickly. TV moms might be a little bit difficult because we, we tend to not look much at how much of an impact the mothers had on television. We always see how the dads, like, you know, Married with Children and, you know, Family Matters and Fresh Prince and just any other TV show that revolved a, a, a family of sorts. So what I did today was I found a website that gave me 40 of the top, uh, the best mothers of all time. I, I, mean, I mean, I came across so many other lists, but I, I kind of like this particular list, okay? And I'm pretty sure some of these mothers are also spread about on many other lists as well, and well-deserving of such, okay? I can tell you right now, of the 80s off the top of my head, one of the top moms of the 80s had to have been Claire Huxtable. 
probably perhaps the nineties. It, it probably had to been Aunt Vivian, or um, damn, that's the one I could honestly think of. And then getting into the two thousands and two thousand tens is a little bit fuzzy. It's kind of hard because I think from the nineties going backwards is where we've seen some of the most influential mothers. Like the sixties, you had um, Carol Brady. The seventies, you had uh, Florida Evans. Like stuff like that. Like these new TV shows don't really have characters or mothers and father characters that I think will leave an everlasting footprint compared to their predecessors. All right, so I'm going to get right into this list. Now, I, I, the website that is uh, that I've seen this list on today, if I could go back to it, <clears throat> get this ad out the way, um, it's called goldderby.com, and it has 40 best TV mothers, greatest moms ranked, right? Starting from, I believe, number 40. I'm not even going to read the whole intro synopsis thing. I mean, the episode pretty much speaks for itself. So I'm going to get right into the list. I'm going from 40 all the way down. Okay, now some of you may or may not agree with this. Me, I'm a big television head. So I I would agree with this list to a point. I'll be honest with you. I didn't even see who was the number one on this list. I went like halfway down and I wanted to be surprised myself. And I was like, you know what? Let me save the number one for the show. And then I'll go from there, whether I'll, you know, gasp in surprise uh, or I'll just look in disappointment and just be like, damn, that, that person's the number one. Again, a lot of these things are opinionated based, but no doubt these moms make it on quite a few different lists without a doubt. OK, so I'm going to get right into this episode right now. And here we go. Number 40, the one that inspired this list, and I'm surprised they put it at the number 40 spot. Roseanne is number 40 on this list. Now, Roseanne, I did say, was a very influential character in the 90s. She should have been somewhere in probably in the top 10, maybe top 20. But she's starting the list off as number 40. Roseanne Barr as Roseanne Connor. She's brash, blunt, and controlling. But Roseanne loves her children and wants a better life for them. She and her husband work hard to provide for their family and struggle to make ends meet sometimes. But Roseanne still makes time to have a strong presence in their lives of her children often to their annoyance and embarrassment. But in the end, they love each other fiercely and she provides a loving support system for them. One thing I like about Roseanne is that she has no filter. You understand what I'm saying? She's like, like the description says, she is blunt and straight to the point. And a lot of parents even today are not like this. You understand what I'm saying? The 90s parent in today's generation is damn near like, pfft, I don't know. The, the, these new generation of parents and, and don't take this the wrong way. But I guess also, like, the times have changed, too. The way you could discipline your kids, the way you could talk to your kids. Back then, it was almost no holds barred the way you could talk to them, right? Now, you know, we see those things differently nowadays, and we take a different approach uh, towards uh, handling our kids, I guess, nowadays. So, like, the 90s TV mom and compared to today's TV mom, it's just a, a difference of just the times have changed. That's almost, like, no different from the 1950s mom and the 1980s or 90s mom. You know what I mean? Things just change with generation. All right, so number 30, I'm sorry, number 39, uh, the Goldbergs, Beverly Goldberg. Now, the Goldbergs, I remember when it came out, it had to have been around 2012, 2013, okay? And I, and I actually was watching it when it was when it was on uh, ABC, and I was watching it for quite a bit. And honestly, I had a little crush on Beverly Goldberg. I think she's actually kind of cute, but that's either here or there. All right, but it does say about her, right? As the smother of Erica, Barry, and Adam, Beverly is overprotective and has a difficult time letting her children gain independence. Based on Adam F. Goldberg's real mother, Beverly is over the top 
overbearing and gets her feelings hurt when her children aren't appreciative. But the show was clearly created out of love, and the affection these kids have for their mom is evident, even when she's embarrassing them. So she was just your typical suburban mom. You know what I mean? Like, her kids could do no wrong, and she was pretty sensitive, and she gets sensitive a lot. She cries a bit, you know, thinks her kids don't always love her and stuff like that. Every mom is different, and I'm pretty sure, like, I think this mom, no, I don't even know if this mom, you know, resonates with today's mothers because Beverly Goldberg was based in the 80s. Because, again, um, the creator, Adam Goldberg's life pretty much revolved, like, the show's premise revolved around his growing up in the 80s. What, I mean, is, does the 80s mom still live, you know, exist? Perhaps. Maybe now in the form of a grandmother, right? But as, like, a new generation mom, eh, maybe. All right, number 38, All in the Family. Edith Bunker is number 38 on this list. Now, Edith Bunker, that poor woman. I don't know how she takes so much verbal abuse from Archie. And it's amazing sometimes to a point. I actually feel sorry for her. But there are moments where she had gotten the gall and like fucking barked at Archie and stood on her own two feet and put everybody in check. She was just not some, as some people would describe her as a simpleton. But she actually, like there was moments, she's actually smart, but she's just not smart enough for Archie. And, and I think personally, she's more educated than Archie. It doesn't really show though. But yeah, it says here, uh, Gene Stapleton is Edith Bunker. It says, poor Edith has to constantly keep the peace in the house with an ultra-conservative bigoted husband and a feminist daughter and a flaming liberal son-in-law. Her um, naive, uh, I guess her naive ways often lead to some funny situations, but it also gives her the heart that keeps the family together. She teaches her daughter that it's okay to have opinions, but that it's okay when the opinion of others differs. Edith, Edith offers sage Motherly advice in a humorous way that is still relevant today. I don't know too many or see too many mothers that act like Edith Bunker. Maybe not like act like her, but as far as wisdom wise, perhaps bestow that upon their children. But I don't, I have not seen a woman running around here acting like Edith Bunker at all. That would be kind of crazy. Uh, but she's definitely, I, I like Edith Bunker in the show though, honestly. I think she's pretty funny. Um, and then, of course, Archie snaps on her and that just makes it even more funnier. Uh, number 37, uh, Margaret Anderson from Father Knows Best. I've never seen this show. Um, it says, Warm and Gracious Margaret is an idealistic 1950s sitcom mom. However, even though this was more of a vehicle for Robert Young as the star, Wyatt has some shining moments as well. In one episode, she decides she wants an activity other than household duties and learns fly fishing in the hopes of en entering a tournament. However, when she breaks her arm and can't participate, her family gathers around her to let her know how many times she has helped them. Now, this character, I'm pretty sure, was like many moms and shit of the 1950s. Because you see, 1950s for women were very limited in the sense of presentation and, and what can they do on screen and what, what you know, how was it projected of like, a, how can I, I'm, I'm twisting my words here, how women were in the 1950s, okay? Nowadays, um, the women of today on TV compared to the 1950s is a quantum leap. But the idea of a woman back in the 1950s was actually, it was displayed on many TV shows. Hell, it was even displayed in Happy Days. And Happy Days was based in the 50s, but it was a 1970s show. But they had to create the 50s presence and the personalities among the characters. All right, so the next one here. Um, God, my aunt hated this woman on TV. Peg Bundy, married with children. Peg Bundy, oh, man. Despite her being pretty hot, like, 
She can be kind of annoying, I guess you could say. It says, Peggy is the antithesis of the ideal mom popularized in the 1950s sitcoms. Now, it's funny. It just mentioned that after I just made a mention about the 1950s moms. So she's like the anti-1950s mom, right? Like she, if she went back in time to the 50s as herself, it would be appalling to say the least. Uh, she refuses to do housework or work of any kind, squanders any money she gets her hands on, rarely has a meal ready, and constantly bombards her husband with put-downs. However, like those ideal moms of yesteryear, she does take great care with her bouffant hair and walks around the house in high heels. And it's also very clear that she cares for her family, which she does. She just doesn't show it in a 1950s way. And I think that's what the writers and the producers were going for. Like, we want a nuclear family, but we don't want a 1950s type mom. We want a today mom, the 80s mom. The show did come out in 1987. That's the type of mom they wanted. They wanted the mom that, like, suburbia doesn't expect to see, right? Because the, the Bundys did live in the suburbs, and it was just a total quantum leap. They were seen more as a trailer trash than anything, uh, than your typical suburban family. Uh, number 35, Big Valley, um, the mom, Victoria Barkley. This is one of the first tough ladies of the small screen. Victoria goes from refined lady of the manor to hardworking cowgirl after the death of her husband. Not only does she take over the management of the ranch, she is strong and a loving mother to four children, one of whom is her dead husband's illegitimate son she treats as one of her own. So I guess this was a, a slight break from the um, the submissive mom type. Like this was a woman that, and this was kind of unheard of at the time, that took control. And that might have been the beginning of something new. I've never seen the show. In fact, I've never even heard of Big Valley. Okay, that's a first for me. This next show I've heard of, it was big in the 80s. Never really watched it because I was a was barely born. Dallas. Uh, Ellie Ewing. It says it takes a heck of a woman to stay married for over 40 years to a man like Jock Ewing. It takes an even stronger one to raise three boys who stay in constant conflict over the running of the family's businesses, as well as accept her husband's illegitimate son into the family. Miss Ellie is a strong, independent woman who keeps these men in line. Quite a feat considering one is the ruthless JR, and it's clear that they love and rely on her maternal guidance. Yeah, I never really cared for the show anyway. This next show, Rhoda. Um, I, Ida Morgenstern, that's the mom on the show. She's overbearing and the queen of laying guilt trips on her children. She will connive and conspire to find her two daughters suitable husbands. However, when they need her, she is there to provide a shoulder to cry on and lets Rhoda move back into her childhood bedroom until she could get back on her feet. But she doesn't allow them to wallow. She gives Rhoda a nudge to move on when it's time. Stern mom still cares for her daughter, lets her stay, live with her. Sure, why not? Why not? Hey, listen. If I had a daughter or a son and they're adults and they run on they you know fall on hard times, yeah, they can move back home. So they get on their feet and then go from there. Now this next one, this this next woman was something else. Um number 32, um, Livia Soprano from the Sopranos. God, she was just a spiteful woman. Like she pissed Tony off. She knew how to push Tony's buttons to a point. That man would just flip out on his mom. It says it takes a special kind of narcissistic woman to raise a son to become Tony Soprano. She has spewed her hate onto her three children their entire lives. Seemingly resentful they even exist, it's no wonder that Tony puts her in a nursing home, leading her to manipulate a hit on her own son. Tough mobster Tony spends hours in therapy dealing with his mommy issues. 
which remains unresolved at her death. She's not your cuddly 1950s sitcom mom, but she's one of the most memorable mothers ever portrayed on the small screen. I have to agree with that. This woman pissed the hell off Tony dude, so much. Oh, man, she was just, whew. You got a mom like Livia Soprano? Run away. No, love your mom, but just tread lightly. All right, number 31, Bewitched. Um, Endora. Agnes Moorhead as Endora. It says, this witch hates that her daughter has married a mortal and shows clear contempt for her son-in-law by refusing to say his name properly and by occasionally using witchcraft to cause mayhem in his life for her own amusement. However, despite her interference in Samantha's marriage, she makes sure nothing bad happens to Darren or Durwood or Dum Dum or Darwin and becomes a dying grandmother to Tabitha and Adam. Now, Bewitched, I would sit probably watch a couple of times if it's on TV and there's like absolutely nothing to see on TV. But um, I think the most controversial part of that show was the two Darrens when they switch one Darren with another Darren. But that's not what this show is about. All right. Next one. Uh, the TV show Mom. Um, Alyssa Janey plays as Bonnie Plunkett. That's the show with Anna Ferris. It says, after a difficult life of growing up in foster homes, becoming a teenage mom in addiction, Bonnie is now sober and trying to reconnect with her estranged daughter. Bonnie has developed a tough exterior and isn't naturally nurturing, but she genuinely cares about Christy. Together, they struggle to remain sober and with humor and grit, support each other as they try to rebuild their lives. I did come across this show a couple of times. Uh, when I was just channel surfing, didn't really catch me all too well. And besides, I really was just watching it for Anna Ferris. But <laughs> the show eh, gave me a couple of laughs. It's just not something I would sit there and drop everything for. Oh, this next one. Uh, now we're getting into some animation. So it should come as no surprise. Number 29, Marge Simpson. Okay, Marge Simpson. It says her husband is a goofball. One child is a troublemaker. And another can be too smart for her own good. And a third is a baby who she may mother a little too much. Although she is sometimes embarrassed by her family antics, it's clear that she adores Homer, understands Bart's special spark, she has a strong bond with strong-willed Lisa, and loves mothering baby Maggie. She is the glue that holds the family, holds the crazy family together, which is absolutely true. And she's also even honored every Mother's Day as well, because let's be honest, it's amazing how she can just handle all that. That means her love uh, for, the, for her family holds no bounds. Like, it, it really is pretty strong. Having to deal with Homer and shit. God, that's a whole nother story. Even in the animated world. Uh, number 29, Blackish. Tracy Ellis Ross as Dr. Rainbow Johnson. Yeah, her first name is actually Rainbow. It's a play on the fact that she is biracial in the show and in real life. Uh, she's not only a successful an um, anesthesiologist, she's mom to five kids. Six, if you count her husband, who could stir up all sorts of craziness. Rainbow works hard to make sure her kids have a better life than she did growing up and maintains a steady and nurturing presence for her very independent children. Once in the blue, yeah, I'll catch the show. It's not bad. It's actually kind of funny in some, in some points. Sometimes it can get a little political for some of you, uh, some of those sensitive ears that don't like politics and things. But uh, yeah, she does her best to get through the show as well and keep the family in line. All right, number 27, the Adams Family. Carol, Carolyn Jones as Morticia Adams. We're talking about the old school TV show Adams Family. It says she may be creepy and kooky and somewhat mysterious and spooky, but she's also poised and stylish goth. She has a wide variety of hobbies and encourages her children to be the most macabre and unique individuals they can be. And don't threaten her family. She's fiercely protective of her family, and when she does play around, it's usually with axes. And not to mention, she's just drop-dead gorgeous in that show. 
Number 26, The Adventures of Ozzy and Harriet. Harriet Nelson as Harriet Nelson. Okay. Long before the days of reality t television, Ozzy and Harriet Nelson helmed that sitcom based on their real lives with their two sons, David and Ricky. The portrait of a perfect family with the lines of fiction and nonfiction often blurred created what is still the longest running sitcom centering on a nuclear family. With her pretty smile and calm demeanor, Harriet becomes one of the most popular and idealistic mothers in the history of television. Not to mention, this show takes place in the 1950s. Never heard of the show, never seen the show. Uh, number 25, <clears throat> The Carol Brunette Show and Mama's Family, Vicki Lawrence as Thelma Harper. This probably has to be one of my favorite mothers. She was more of an 80s and 70s presence, though. But yes, this was definitely one of my favorites. Mama is a widowed Southern woman with a quick tongue and disagreeable nature. Despite her often harsh criticism of her three children, she provides them a place to live during difficult times and cleans and cooks for them, beginning as the basis for a skit on the now-classic Carol Burnett show. The popular character eventually received two separate incarnations as a sitcom, and her very aggressive character evolved mellowing over the years. Yeah, Mama didn't fucking play. Like, she told it just... <laughs> she told it like it is. She had no filter, nothing like that. Like, she was just no-nonsense. And the fact that she put up with her grown children living with her just makes her even better. All right, number 24, Arrested Development, Jesse Walter as Lucille Bluth. I've seen this. I remember how popular this show was back in the early mid-2000s. Arrested Development. Jeez. Uh, she won't win any Mother of the Year awards, and between sips of her ever-present cocktail, she manipulates her children, sometimes pitting them against each other. She constantly insults her children, mishandles the family business, sleeps with her husband's twin brother, and has turned her youngest son into a needy, dependent man-child. So why is she on the list? Because she's funny and entertaining as heck. Sure, why not? It's not always about moms being moms and being stern and harsh. It's just them being funny. And then moms just... Moms can be funny, too. Yes, moms can be funny. It's not always just dads that are the funniest. All right, uh, number 23. Am I, yep, number 23? Okay, number 23. Uh, TV show, Fresh Off the Boat. Constance Wu as Jessica Huang. Uh, it says here, it's just like chess. Children are the pawns and you are the queen. Strong and outspoken, Jessica pushes her children to be the best that they can be and teaches them to be proud of their Taiwanese heritage. She's frugal and smart, running her household with a firm hand and clearly loves her family and only wants them to succeed. Now, you may think that sounds very stereotypically Asian, but in reality, a lot of moms, a lot of Asian moms are pretty much like this. Not frugal in a sense or too, too, like, firm, you know, but that's, that's that um, first generation, second generation Asians uh, can probably attest to this, uh, these type of personality traits, I guess you could say, of their moms or even their dads, too. Uh, number 22, The Donna Reed Show. Donna Reed as Donna Stone. Although in many ways similar to family sitcoms of the day, the Donna Reed show set itself apart by making the wife and mother the center of the show. Donna is a strong woman who not only manages her household and oversees her children's activities, she also sometimes works as a nurse and volunteers in her community. I never even heard of this show before, but I guess, uh, I guess it makes sense. Number 21, Little House on the Prairie. Karen Grassle as Caroline Engels. Okay, it says, it's hard being a mom in the modern world with all of its conveniences, but to be a mom of the frontier with some of the harshest weather conditions, it had to take a special type of woman, and Caroline is always up to the challenge, maintaining her sweet prairie home, always providing a good meal, 
and raising her four girls as well as three adopted children. She does all this with gratitude for her blessings and never complains. No matter the struggles, the family has along the way. Kind of sound very similar. Good times. Also revolving around a, a mother who is not wealthy or fortunate and has to deal with whatever she has to deal with, get by however she had to get by. Not to mention Good Times was, I believe, the first uh, black show or, or television show that featured both black parents on screen at once. I know it sounds kind of crazy, but that was just the time that we once lived in. All right, so now I'm up to number 20. Number 20, the Partridge family, Shirley Jones as Shirley Partridge. It says, how many moms would not only allow her five kids to record a song in her garage, but also do the singing and then buy an old school bus painted in a really groovy way and then go on tour with them? That's exactly what this widowed mom does. And it's a wonder she doesn't go crazy on the road with five independent children, especially the precautious Danny, who always seemed to create some sort of mayhem. I mean, he's also the redheaded child. So there's always that, 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 uh, <laughs> that stereotype that redheaded, redheaded kids are bad. But no, that's not true. It's not true. Number 19, Lucy. I love Lucy. Lucille Ball as Lucy Ricardo. Lucy was one of the first pregnant characters on television, the more you know. Although she wasn't allowed to say she was pregnant, she was expecting. She also had one of the sweetest scenes ever when Lucy tells Ricky that she's expecting. They dance and sing, quote, we're having a baby, with Lucy tearing up and Ricky clearly overcome at the news. Like all new moms, excuse me, Lucy has doubts about her abilities and hilariously struggles with things like bathing a baby and what to name her son or daughter. But she is determined to make a good life for little Ricky and encourages the arts and pets to enrich his upbringing. Yes, something like that was very taboo back in the days. You couldn't show pregnancy. You couldn't like show birth. You couldn't, none, none of that shit. It was just deemed inappropriate. It was deemed for things that, are, that was just more private than public. All right, number 18, family ties. Meredith Baxter as Elise Keaton. As liberals and former hippies raising their children in the Reagan-era 1980s, Elisa and her husband Stephen are often exasperated by the materialism and conservatism of Alex, Mallory, and Jennifer. However, even though she doesn't agree with them, Elise raises her children to think for themselves and to make their own choices. And for when those choices sometimes prove to be the wrong ones or have unforeseen consequences, she's always there to provide love and support. I've watched Family Ties growing up. I, uh, it was an okay show. I mean, it had Michael J. Fox in it. Okay. <laughs> Number 17, Friday Night Lights. Connie Britton as Tammy Taylor. As a wife to a successful high school football coach, Tammy is often the main caregiver to their two daughters, while also maintaining a career as the high school guidance counselor and later principal. She is a huge support system for her husband, who often seeks and follows her advice as she carries this role over to her work life. The students often turn to her for words of wisdom as she becomes caregiver and surrogate mom to all the students. Never seen the show. Moving right along. This show I've seen, and it's pretty much a 70s show, one day at a time. It says uh, Bonnie Franklin as Anne Romano. Freshly divorced, Anne Romano, Bonnie Franklin starts anew with her teenage daughters, rebellious Julie and perky Barbara. Anne struggles with her roles as mother of two daughters, in the era of feminism, as the head of the household and as a mature woman in the dating world, but she's always there when her daughters are going through one of life's crises, which is what moms and moms supposed to do. Be there for their kids, even in the good, bad, and the ugly. All right. Uh, da, 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 da. 
Wait, did I? Okay, I, I know I wasn't bugging. Number 15, leave it to Beaver. Barbara Billingsley as June Cleaver. She's perhaps one of the most iconic moms I think of all time. June is the epitome of the ideal mom of the 1950s sitcom television. She bakes, she sews, she knits. She's an excellent party hostess, and she keeps an immaculate house no matter where she's cooking or what hijinks her two boys uh, get up to. Her kitchen remains spotless. She is constantly poised, not a hair out of place. Makeup flawlessly applied and a string of pearls delicately draped around her neck. Unflappable. June is able to keep her boys in line without having to raise her voice. Yeah. It's just a lot of uh, a lot of TV shows, I guess, model their, their characters off of that one character. And then, of course, number 14, the remake of One Day at a Time. I was actually going to mention that the show was actually remade. And it's actually on this list. I came across this show by accident. And me and my wife... My wife binge-watched this show. Not to mention, I had a crush on Penelope, the lead mom of the show. So here we are, number 14, one day at a time, Justina Machado as Penelope Alvarez. I said, sandwiched between a feisty but traditional Cuban mother, maybe that's why, and her feminist teenage daughter and popularity-seeking teenage son, Penelope, as she's like to say, a badass. After serving in Afghanistan in the U.S. Army Nurse Corps, Penelope is now a single mom working as a nurse for a private practitioner. Uh, and struggling with PTSD and depression, despite her own personal conflicts. This sassy Latina stops to listen. Oh, man. Wait, wait. I think I'm having some uh, technical difficulties here. Just stand by. I got to get back to that synopsis. What happened? Okay, there we go. Uh, it says, despite her own personal conflicts, this sassy Latina stops to listen to her children and is sure to make time to have fun with them as well. Not to mention, she is fucking cute. Um, I sat there and watched the show, the entire series. In fact, I was actually kind of pissed that the series was not renewed. It was it was canceled. It couldn't it, I guess they tried to find another network or another streaming service because it was on Netflix I believe at the time and that was it. It was gone. Not to mention fun fact this show was also the remake by the way spearheaded by the infamous television guru Norman Lear just like in the original. All right, number 13. Uh this is us. Okay, this is show I mentioned um, when it came to the TV dads, if you have not seen This Is Us, right, it premiered on NBC. It just finished about a year or so ago. It's a fantastic fucking show. Mandy Moore as Rebecca Pearson. I can't imagine having triplets, and I especially can't imagine losing a child. Rebecca goes through both of these difficult situations and in her grief agrees to raise an abandoned child who is African-American, along with her two surviving children. Rebecca doesn't always get it right with the big three, but she loves her children and stays strong through many struggles including hard financial times and her husband's battle with alcoholism. She becomes a single mom after her husband's sudden death, uh, guiding her teenage children into adulthood while coping with her own unimaginable grief. If you haven't seen the show, I might have just spoiled it a little bit, but um, it'll make more sense if you go and actually watch the show. All right, number 12. Damn, we're over 30 minutes. It looks like we're going to keep going. All right, number 12, that 70 show. Oh, boy, my wife is calling all right, <laughs> that's 70 show. Uh, Deborah Jo Rupp as Kitty Foreman. She's perhaps one of the funniest moms I've seen on TV. She's a biological mother to Eric and Laurie and takes hide and fez at various points. Just give me one second. Uh, I just messed up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it says, uh, becoming a surrogate mother to them as well as a second mom to all the kids who hangs out at her house. As a nurse, she's always there to treat them when they get hurt. And when appropriate, is up for some fun with her infectious giggle and occasional indulgence 
in the spirits. Yeah, she liked to drink a lot, but she also had a really cute voice. Number 11, Modern Family, Julie Bowen as Claire Dunphy. Uh, my wife sat there and watched the entire series of this show. I probably caught a bit of it. Uh, it says, like many modern-day moms, Julie gave up her career to become a full-time mom, then re-enters the workforce once her kids are older. She's also a wild teenager and tries to protect her kids from making the same mistakes um, that she made, which made her the epitome of the helicopter mom. Despite her freakouts and compulsions, Claire is such a loving mother that her brother and his husband often seek out her advice as they raise their daughter. I still got to sit here and binge watch this show because um, it was funny every time I chimed in when my wife was watching it. And then, you know, I got a few laughs from there, but just never got around to seeing it from the beginning myself. All right, number 10, Downtown Abbey. Maggie Smith as Violet Crawley, uh, Dowager Countess of Grantham. <laughs> With her quick wit, Violet never hesitates to speak her mind or meddle in the lives of her children or grandchildren if she feels it's in her best interest. She is very set in her traditional ways of doing things, cause causing her to clash with her more progressive-thinking daughter-in-law, Cora, and her nemesis-turned-friend, Isabel. But she always has the best interest of her family at heart and is a strong role model and is especially close to her granddaughter, Mary. Never seen the show. Never seen it. Number nine, The Waltons. Michael learned as... A, her name was really Michael? Am I, am I bugging? Maybe there was a typo. Uh, it says here, as Olivia Walton. Okay, Olivia Walton. Olivia raised seven children during the Depression and World War II, sometimes struggled to make ends meet and often worrying over the fates of her loved ones. A religious, loving woman, Olivia is always willing to open her home to a neighbor and kindly teaches her children the values of discipline and charity. It's funny, I did come across this show. Uh, I watched it for a brief when it was in syndication, but uh, it's not my type of show. All right, number eight. This is by far one of my favorite moms. And remember when I said I couldn't find the perfect best mom for the 2000s? This next one, I think, pretty much fits the bill. Number eight, Malcolm in the Middle, Jane Kaczmarek as Lois. As a middle-class working mom to four rambunctious boys, Lois does have, doesn't have time nor the inclination to pussyfoot around. She and her boys are constantly in battle, but everything she does is out of love and to protect and provide a better life for them. Brash and outspoken, Lois says and does what we all often wish we could in reality. Oh, and despite working, maintaining a house, and wrangling four boys, she still has time to show her passion for her husband, resulting in more babies down the road. Yeah, so she ended up having a fifth child, I believe, towards the end of the show. But yeah, this mother just, she would flip the fuck out and just had a particular personality towards Malcolm. But it was also because she believed that Malcolm, out of the three boys, could really make something out of out of uh, out of himself, which is, I think, why she was more hard on Malcolm than the other two boys. All right, number seven, uh, Esther Roll as Florida Evans in Good Times. I said it can be difficult to be an upbeat mom in the best of situations. Florida manages manages to do it in the projects with a husband who is sometimes out of work and a couple not always sure where the next rent money will come from. However, Florida remains positive even in the most challenging of times and is inspiration to her three children even after the death of her husband. With her support, they all eventually find success and work their ways up out of the projects. Again, a lot of the back, back scene shit, back, you know, behind the scenes, I meant to say, uh, stuff kind of like really destroyed the show. But while she was in, she, she didn't, she was very religious. She didn't approve of 
other means of everybody getting money. She didn't approve of James gambling or JJ doing other things on the streets or whatever to get money. She was very honest, very Christian, and just very valued. She was all about values and just doing the right thing. Even despite being in the projects and having such that morale, you know, she still manages to push through it and get the family out the project. All right, number six, everybody loves Raymond. Wait, did I skip one? Nope, I'm good. Uh, everybody loves Raymond. Doris Roberts as Marie Barone. Now, I do catch this show from time to time because it's actually a spinoff of the King of Queens. They actually do share the same realm. Uh, Doris, if I had to choose between Frank and Doris, uh, the, the mother and father of, of Ray, I definitely would say Doris would be the funniest. It says she's overly critical, especially of her daughter-in-law, Deborah, whose down-to-earth demeanor clashes with Marie's need to be the best at all domestic chores. However, Marie loves for her sons is obvious, as she still enjoys treating them like little boys instead of grown men, even though she is at times merely trying to manipulate them into doing what she wants, which is also true, especially against Raymond. Number five, Happy Days. Marion Ross as Marion Cunningham. Mrs. C is mother to Richie, Joni, and Chuck, who disappeared mysteriously. We don't talk about Chuck. And hasn't been heard from since season one. And a second mom to all their friends, although sometimes she feels unwanted or unappreciated, leading her to seek work outside the home. She is ultimately reminded of how much this crew relies on her for mothering, and she's the only one who could get away from calling Fonzie by his real name, Arthur. And she treats him as another son. Yeah, Mrs. C held it down. She held it down. Like, she dealt with a lot of shit. Dealt with Richie and his nonsense and her son disappearing out of nowhere and shit. She held it down. That, that's actually a pretty cool show. Um, this woman here. Whew, this woman. Every time I watch this show, one of my favorite 80s shows, this woman could definitely spill some tea and rip up some receipts. Number four, Golden Girls. Estelle Getty as Sophia. It's easy to see where Dorothy gets her sarcastic side from. That's because Sophia is always ready with the zinger. But despite her frequent subtle digs, it's clear that Sophia shares a special bond with her daughters, as well as Rose and Blanche, who often seek Sophia's words of wisdom. Otherwise, they wouldn't hesitate to ship her back to Shady Pine. Yeah, this woman right here, she would dish it. She would dish it. And she, she, made, she, she made herself known. Her presence was small. I mean, she was on the show all the time, but she was a small woman. But her presence, she made it known by her zingers and her, and her like, smart mouth. I, I guess that's kind of where I get my shit from, where I might say something sideline shit. And I'm like, yeah, that, that, that's part of it right there. Okay, so now I'm down to the last three, and we're almost 40 minutes into the show. Number three, Gilmore Girls, Lauren Graham as Lorelei Gilmore. As a teen mom, Lorelei has sacrificed to make a good life for her now teenage daughter. But being so young herself, she doesn't always make the most mature decisions or offer the wisest advice. However, Lorelei shares a unique bond with her daughter and her down-to-earth banter with Roy. With Rory makes her one of the coolest and funniest moms on television. I've never seen Gilmore Girls, but I remember it was big during the WBCW era. Okay, It was definitely one of the most watched TV shows then. I never really got too much into it. All right, number two, The Cosby Show. As you all know, Felicia Rashad as Claire Huxtable. It's no surprise that this woman is in the top 10 or top five of this list. She probably is on every single list known. Because I did say in the 80s, she was like the, the, the 80s mom. And not to mention, after the 70s, this was a new spin on the African-American family, on the African-American mother. 
this right here, she cemented that, you know, you, you didn't have to show African-American mothers in the projects like they did in good times or, in, or just doing bad. She was pretty well off in this show. It says uh, she's an attorney, a mother of five, and a wife to a doctor. We don't see Claire in the courtroom, but with her quick wit, smart and cool demeanor, there's no doubt she has put opposing counsels in his place at a time or two. No matter what the Huxable kids try to get away with, they learn quickly that mothers know everything going on. And even though she's a loving and supporting mom, she doesn't put up with any nonsense. Just like when um, whatchamacallit wanted to have big fun. Yeah, I remember that episode. Very infamous episode. But I noticed, too, she, yes, you never see her do her job. Now, you see Cliff Huxtable do, do his job as a doctor, but you never see her in the courtroom. And I just now noticed that in this article. Now, I didn't see what the number one was, so I'm probably going to be just as shocked as you, okay? But here it is. The number one best TV mom ranked by goldderby.com. Number one, the Brady Bunch, Florence Henderson as Carol fucking Brady. Now, here's a story of a lovely lady. It says, this lovely lady who is bringing up three girls on her own meets a man named Brady who is busy with three boys of his own. And together they form a family that becomes one of the most iconic in television history. She treats her three stepsons as if they're her own. And she's always there with words of wisdom, is active in her community and is a partner to her husband. She allows her children room to make and learn from their mistakes, but is always there with a shoulder to cry on. With her sunny smile and groovy wardrobe, Mama Brady continues to be everyone's favorite mom 50 years later. And it's funny. I just seen the Brady Bunch earlier. It, 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 I was channel surfing and just so happened to see it. But there you go. That's 50. Damn, that was a list. 50 of what they consider to be the top moms, best ranked moms of all time. Now, again, some of these, some of these moms will probably make it on every other single list. But I figured 50 was enough to suffice for this episode so yeah i made it my jaw hurt pause it's just because i've been talking so much but that's what i love about this show because that's what it's all about it's about talking and you guys listening all right so hey thanks for listening to this podcast once again tomorrow is a, a pretty special day for the podcast it's the one year anniversary of the daily mind i started the show last year on october 6th and never looked back since and the show it's going to keep going for as long as people are listening to this show. So I'm looking forward to it. I'll get into a little bit about um, the origins, the real origins of this show, and just a little bit of my background and how it led to this. Plus, I'm going to just get right into, is there such thing as a stupid question? So I'm kind of doing like a double whammy. So that might be a one-hour show. It could be the first one-hour show. But I don't think there's so much to talk about as far as the, the Daily Mind. In a half hour period. So it looks like most of the episode might just be, is there such thing as a stupid question? Which is uh, one of my favorite segments of the show. But anyway, thanks for listening on this dreary Thursday evening. Um, stay tuned for more episodes to come. Again, I'll be leaving in a few days. I'll be broadcasting from other places. You'll find out then. And then, um, yeah. And uh, just enjoy the rest of your evening. Take care of yourselves. Have a great night. And uh, we'll do it again next time. And if you've missed some episodes, there's over 250 episodes you could go back and listen to and tell your friends and let them know, like, hey, this guy from New York is kind of weird. He has a podcast, but, like, who does it nowadays? But I kind of like this one because he sounds different. But, you know, I'll let you guys, you guys decide and judge on that. And please, I really would like some feedback. I have an email. 
please email me, the Daily Mind Podcast at gmail.com. Give me some constructive criticism. Let me know what the show is like. Give me a topic to talk about. I will talk about the topic. If you email me, I will talk about it. If you're like, hey, can you talk about threesomes? Sure, we could talk about threesomes. Again, you got to let me know. If not, I'm just going to talk about what's on my mind and what do I hear around me during my day. All right, so hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. Once again, have a great night. Stay tuned for the next episode. Ciao. The five-star telly saying two mic rhymes Speed up average MCs of the times Unlike them, we grab gems So systematically inclined The pen lines without saying The producer's name, I'm over the track Yeah, I said it, but you need to do it Get back